Well, Happy New Year. I'm glad you're here and you made it uh, through the time portal that was 2014 into 2015 and you, you're doing great on your resolutions. This will be the only Sunday I'll say that. And I, I'm, really glad, I'm really glad you're with us. Uh, we, we, before we begin the sermon today, we don't, um, th- here, we don't think that the best way, the best way to measure a uh, church or the success of a church is just to count the people. But well, I will say that that's the only thing we can measure. You know, it's hard to measure marriages strengthened. You know, where we had 32 marriages strengthened. That's hard to like really put quali- That's hard to quantify if, if that's a word. And so uh, we are, we have a goal this year of, of 10,000 people at one service. Just a goal to shoot for. Um, what's that? No, okay, sorry. 10,000 people throughout the year. So if you add up all 52 weeks of our Sunday morning worship, we will get to 10,000. This year we were in the upper 90, an uh, upper 9,000. We don't have a whole lot to go. Um, we just have to add about five people on average, five to six people on average, um, to our worship service. Now, you may have a friend who um, is looking for a church, and you think this is the perfect church for them. This is a great place for them to grow and walk with Christ. We are not asking you to bring them here so that we can have 10,000 people. That's not a, that's not, it's a fun little goal, but it's not one we're just gripping to with, uh, with a death grip on. We, we just want people to be enriched by the teachings and the community of Jesus. So, if you have friends, invite your friends. If, and we did this last year, if one of your resolutions is to come to church more often, then here's how you do that. Make a goal this year, at some point during the year, get a streak going of at least six consecutive Sunday mornings uh, Attended, I suppose. Six in a row. That's all you got. Six in a row. Now, some of you may think, well, that's nothing. I'll get six in a row right off. That's fine. Good for you. Here's a sticker. The rest of you, that might be tough for you. You've got ball games to go to. You've got uh, different, different events to go to. Maybe your kid's a ballerina or whatever, and that takes a lot, up a lot of your time. Uh, whatever, whatever is the situation, you got a lot of stuff going here, and we understand that. Maybe you got family out of town. We understand that. We aren't mad at you every time you miss. But if you want to go to church, if you're, one of your resolutions is, I want to go to church more, build a streak. Your goal is six in a row. If you did six in a row last year, do eight in a row this year. Yeah, I'm bumping it up because we're intense. If you did six in a row last year, do eight in a row this year. Work on your streak and celebrate your streak. They don't like come with stickers or t-shirts made or anything. But come tell me, this is our eighth Sunday in a row. And I say, all right, see you in three weeks. I'm just kidding. But put it together a streak. You, you, won't, you won't regret it. I think the more time you can spend with a community of people who are, tr- who are all trying to follow Jesus is the, is the best thing um, you can do. 
So the more time you spend with a community of people following Jesus, the better off you'll be. Uh, not just as um, a human being, but also your marriage, your, um, your, your parenting, your uh, being a child. You will, all, you will be better by spending more time with a community of people who are following Jesus. Okay, enough of that. We're going to start a series, just a three-week series, around this word, enough. Um, I say that's enough a lot, because I have a five-year-old and a six-year-old. That's enough. They can, they can um, do things because they're joyful. They can just keep it up. They can just keep doing it. They can just keep, keep jumping or keep eating fruit snacks. That's really what it is. That's enough fruit snacks. Tap the brakes on the fruit snacks, I'll say. We don't need to eat all those. Or so, calm down on the, on, on the brownies. Or That's enough um, dresses that you've tried on today. Oh, man. I had no idea. Women, if this is what you go through every morning, what I'm experiencing with my children every morning, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's got to be tough to be, to have that brain. So, it's tough, I would imagine. I mean, there's been times they just said, what? Well, I don't know what to wear. I don't know what you're going to wear either. And I run screaming out of the room. It's just a disaster. It's a tough thing. And I'll say, well, listen, this is enough. You have got to pick out something to wear because for the last time, we can't go to church naked. You just can't do it. It's against, this is a very relaxed church, but I'm pretty sure that's one of the rules. You just can't do it that way. And so we have this, uh, we, we have, as a parent, sometimes you have to draw a line and say, can't do that anymore. Stop, don't, that's enough. And sometimes you wonder if you have enough. The first two weeks, we're going to spend on things that we just, we need to stop. We've done it enough. Let's stop. And the last two, the last week, we're going to figure out, is there enough, actually, is there enough grace? Is there enough grace for you? Spoiler alert, yes. But we'll see why when we get there. Um, So... Today I want to be in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life... (laughs) No? Okay. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Sometimes preaching is like putting socks on an eight-month-old. That's the only analogy I have to go with right now, because that's what I do a lot. I put socks on him. Sometimes preaching is like putting socks on a baby. 30 minutes of work that can be destroyed in five seconds. A child is like a ninja with their feet just going crazy and you're just chasing them with the sock and you've got to actually get them in a leg lock and then you've got to do it one-handed. 
and then they just say, okay, no problem, done. Pull them right off. Sometimes preaching can feel that way because you, you work really hard and, uh, and, and develop the sermon and try to change people's lives through the gospel of Jesus, through the teachings of Jesus, and they'll say, that's great, but, and you think, oh, you just pulled your socks off. You just undid all I did. Because, and, and the one that, we, that, that I wrestle with the most is this one. I had a woman once tell me, after a sermon, after a sermon about worry, she said, that sounds nice, but I'm just a worrier. Every other sin, that would have been a disaster to say to the preacher. That sounds nice, but I'm just a murderer. That's just who I is. That's who I am. That's, who, that's, that's what I do. I'm a warrior. I do this thing, I do this sin so much that I am defined by it. See, there's a difference in, in the world of crime between somebody who murdered somebody and a murderer. Like, I imagine someone who's a murderer murdered lots of somebodies. And then someone who just, like, I know, I know guys who murdered people, and if you let them out, they wouldn't murder anybody else. It was just that they walked in, there was someone in their house who wasn't supposed to be in their house with their wife, and they murdered. So they, they probably won't do that again. But there are people who just, in their brains, it's just, it's just wired a certain way where that's just what they do. And some of us have a sin where we just have decided, this is just what I do. For a lot of you, it's worry, because worry is one of those sins, yes, I said sins, that just makes us feel like we are concerned. It has a side, worry has a side where we, we think, oh, this is just, this is actually a good thing. See, I'm really concerned about my, about, my, um, about my kids, or I'm really concerned about my job. I'm really, we'll say, really concerned. You are worried. Now, there's a reason we wrestle with worry. We'll get to it in a second. Can you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? The Greek here, uh, the, when they ask a rhetorical question in Greek, they always put a negative word in it. And there's two negative words, two no, words for no in Greek. Um, one, if you put it in, says the answer. To the, they always give the answer to the rhetorical question. They'll say, um, so for here, this should be translated. Can any, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No, you can't. That's how that should be translated. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Wait, wait. Worry is a faith thing? Did you know that? That worry is a, is a faith thing. If you have a worry problem, you have a faith problem. Now, we've talked about this before. Faith is not saying, 
oh, I believe that everything's going to be all right. Faith is when you say, I believe even if things aren't going to be all right, that God is still God. Faith isn't just saying, I believe that I won't die or I believe that this illness will go away. Faith is, I believe that God truly is a loving God and that he sincerely sent his son down the cross and was resurrected so that we too might find resurrection hope even after death. Faith believes those things even when bad things are happening all around us. So I'm not just saying, oh, well, it's a faith problem because when you worry, you think something bad's going to happen. Here's another spoiler. Bad things are going to happen. You will get sick. I know this is an exciting thing to say in the first part of the first sermon of the year, but you're going to die. And you're probably going to die in a way that you don't want to die. It's not all going to be peachy keen and roses and skipping through the flowers holding hands with Jesus. It's going to be tough and it's going to be hard at times. You're going to get sick and your, and your kids are going to get sick at times. It is going to be really difficult life. But he says here, even in the midst of this difficult life, when we worry, it's a matter of faith. Oh, you of little faith. So, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. God knows you need things. Now, he doesn't know that you need an upgrade on your big screen TV. Completely unaware of that need. He doesn't know that you need a new truck. That's not a need. What he does know you need is just the stuff that keeps you alive. He knows you need that. But even here, Jesus is saying, those basic things, pagans are chasing after those things. More clothes, more food, more things to drink, more entertainment. That's what pagans chase after. If you're gauging by those standards, should we ever worry at all? Most of you are going to drive past food to get to food after church. Like, we don't have to go hunt our food. You just, you're going to pass up food to get to the food you like. Well, I've said this before. I don't want that restaurant. I had them last week. Because not only do we need food, but we need variety. We need a little bit of flair with our food. I didn't like the service there. They didn't bring me the food quickly enough. The free chips and salsa weren't as good. How spoiled are we that we worry, when's our food going to get here? It's coming. You're going to eat. You always eat. We are, the most, we are the most eatinest society in all of history. You're going to be fine. 
So by these standards, what we're going to wear or what we're going to what we're going to eat, that, that's that's ridiculous. And we never worry about that stuff. So we have created new things to worry about. We've created this new new things, these new awful uh, awful stuff that's happening in the world. Remember, it was uh, several months ago. A plane just went missing. It just went missing. Now, that's kind of intense, right? I mean, it, if you just heard that, you're just walking down the street, and someone said, hey, did you hear that a plane went missing? Just a plane went missing. Said, really? In the U.S.? No, in, in, in another country, because we're in the U.S. That all other countries are just called other countries. In some other country? Really? Where did it go missing? Well, if we knew that, we'd find it. Huh. Just went missing. And then you would go about your day. But no, what we have is we've bought these big screen televisions and we play these, uh, these news stations that tell us all day how afraid we should be. They, they haven't found that plane yet. I bet it's a disaster coming. Hey, do you know what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. Do you know what's probably going to happen? Nothing. Nothing. Do you know why they want you to be afraid? Because the more afraid you are, the more you watch. Don't let someone who doesn't love you tell you who to be afraid of. Don't let someone whose job it is to make you riled up, rile you up. They do not care about you. But we get worried. Oh no, this is the... The dollar's going down. The stock market's crashing. I wish I knew what that meant. Congress's approval rating isn't everything. Everything. Every, there's so many things. Pick a thing. You can just worry about it. Especially if you stare at it long enough. Stare, just stare at something long enough and you can think, this is going to be a disaster. And just have someone reinforce that to you. Someone with, on, a, on a screen with flickering pixels tell you how big of a disaster this thing's going to be over and over again. And eventually, you're worried. See, the, the question for, for Jesus doesn't just go back to a matter of faith. Because he began this whole discussion and I'm going to say began this whole discussion, and I'm going to go back to a verse that's right before the verse we started with. But if you look in your Bible, there's going to be a heading there that separates those two. Don't pay attention to the headings in your Bible. They're not, they're not inspired by God. Jesus didn't say, well, now I'm going to talk about money. Heading this, put a title over this as money, and talk about money for a little bit, and then say, all right, now it's on to worry. Can you title this, do not worry, write it down. He gave a sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, and it was one big sermon, and he moves from one thing to the next, actually very smoothly, not with uh, sectioned off headings. So he does talk about money, and he does say, listen, don't, don't, don't get caught up in all that money. And he then says, at the very end of it, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve both masters. And then he starts in on the worry part of the sermon, and he says, therefore. 
do not worry. Therefore, do not worry. You can't serve two masters. Therefore, do not worry. Now, what's the therefore, therefore? Well, obviously, he's connecting this new thought with the old thought, and so, so much so that it's not an old thought and a new thought. It's just one thought. Therefore, do not worry. I think we worry mostly because we serve more than one master. I believe we worry because we believe one of our gods is money. And that one of our gods is comfort. We believe that one of our gods is safety. We believe that one of our gods is, is just being perceived well in the community. We worship gods that don't love us back. They don't care for us at all, don't even exist. But we bow down to the almighty dollar. We bow down to the idea of comfort. We bow down to the idea of slavery. I said slavery. Safety. My goodness. That was the worst slip-up of the year. Safety. We give in to the... We give in to... Uh, we are enslaved by these things that, that, um, that don't love us, that don't care for us. When God genuinely cares for us, when the, mo the, mo the most uh, reoccurring commandment in Scripture is do not be afraid. God's not saying this when, right before he says, because nothing bad's going to happen. He often says this as they're going into war. Do not be afraid. Well, okay, do we not have to go into war now? No, you still got to go. But do not be afraid. Oh, so none of us are going to die? Some of you is going to die. But do not be afraid. See, worry, because we worship safety and because we worship money and we, because we worship health, like those are things, the, those are the highest and, and, and most important things to have. Some of the most wonderful people are those, those who are terminally ill. And they would tell you being terminally ill made them one of the most wonderful people. Because they recognize I, all of us have an expiration date. They just know when theirs is. They recognize that safety and, and, and wealth and they recognize that even hell in the end is not all that important. But what is important is that we worship the one God who loves us so much that He sent His only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but will have everlasting life. We believe in that God. We worship that God. We should not worship these other gods because when we worship these other gods, they are going to fail us, and so we should be worried when we worship money. We should be worried when we worship safety. We should be worried when we worship health, because the thing we worship is going to fail. And what is it? We're always worried that it's not going to happen. It's not going to come. It's not going to be there. 
It's not, you don't worship money that much when you, when you have enough. Let's define enough later. There are people who make, um, I almost said tens of thousands of dollars a year, that hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and still are worried about money. It's not because they don't have enough, it's because they worship it. And they've seen the thing they worship fail. You worship health, you've seen it, you've seen people's health fail. You've seen financial things fail. You've seen people's safety fail. And so we worship these things and they are not worth our praise. They are not. When we worship these other gods, we will worry. And I think this I think this points to an even bigger problem. Worry is a sign that you have too many gods. It's a sign that you're worshiping too many gods. Being free from worry is when you worship the one who has never failed. And you only worship the one that has never failed. So when I get sick, God never fails. In financial troubles, God never fails. Not that he always just fills my bank account and heals me again. He's still the God. He's still the God who sent his son, who redeemed his people, who beat death. He's still that God. I believe that happened. God succeeded where money can't. God succeeded where health could not. God succeeded where, where safety can't. Jesus died a violent, unhealthy Broken death. And God still won. See, when you worry, you're lifting something up onto a position, onto a pedestal that it has not earned. You are loving something that doesn't love you back. You're worshiping something that is not worthy of your praise. So when you find yourself worrying a lot, a question to ask is, Am I worshiping something else? Am I worshiping safety? Am I worshiping money? Am I worshiping health? Because in the end, those things aren't really worth your time. Because you are going to die. When you die, you don't get to take your money with you. When you die, you're probably not all that safe. (laughs) But the God we are called to worship beat death. So the death has lost its power, it has lost its sting, it has lost its victory because of Jesus. Look how he ends this passage. Same idea. But seek first, not just, don't just worry, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow... Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Today has enough trouble for me to worry about what tomorrow will bring. That's what worry is. Worry is a future-based problem. It ex- worry only exists in time yet to happen. We're, um, there's a big movement now, hopefully. It's catching on. 
um, about being present with your kids. Get off your phone is really the way, what we're saying. Um, of course people can't text and drive at the same time. They can't even text and live at the same time. It's hard to text and exist at the same time. Um, and so what we, the people have got their nose and their phones and their, and their, their, hold on, hold on, kid, hold on. I know you need my undying love and attention, but my friend I barely care about has posted a picture of food. That, that's nonsense. And there's a movement to say, well, we need to be more present in the moment with our kids. Everyone put your phones down. Put them, out, put them at the door. Stop looking at them and pay attention to your spouse. Pay attention to your kids, to your parents. And just enjoy existing. Because the faces around me are better than the faces on the book. Those are playing words for y'all. Facebook, get it? Huh? Huh? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. But there is, there, that's, the, existing is so much better than existing or not existing in this broken pseudo relationship of Facebook and MySpace, for those of you who are still on that. But there is, we, we are called to be present in this day. Jesus says, pay attention to what's happening right now. The only way you can love the people around you is loving the people you are in front of right now. You can only love others in the present. That's the only time you can do it. Right now, in the present. And so when you're not present, you're not, you're not loving. You're missing an opportunity to love the people around you. And so he, he, we have our nose in our phone, or we have our, um, I was going to say our nose in our book, but it's just the phone, that's the problem. When we're not present with right now, we're going to get caught up with what's coming. See, the people I know who worry the least are the people I know who love the most. Because when you have devoted your energies and your strength to loving people right now, like God has loved you, like God loves you right now, when you've devoted your energy to that, you don't have time to worry about what's coming. Tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. I'll deal with tomorrow tomorrow. What I've got today is today, and today is going to be great because I'm going to love everyone I come into contact with with the love of Jesus, and that is going to shape and change the world. It will create ripples that, that, that float out to the end of eternity. Me loving this stranger unconditionally is going to be fantastic. Me loving my spouse unconditionally is going to change the world. Worrying about tomorrow won't change squat about tomorrow. You get in you get into to, to, to today. That's hard to say. Get into today. Get your hands dirty. Be present in this moment and love the people around you and stop worrying about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Deal with the trouble you got going on today. One little thing about worry and then we'll close with this. I, just, I, I want you to pay attention to how you worry because it's nonsense. 
It doesn't make sense. Um, so you got, say, say one of the gods you worship is uh, safety. You think, well, it's, I'm, I'm worried about this trip because this could happen and that could happen and this could happen and the, or this could happen. You kind of come up with a list of all the worst things that could happen and you rank them. So five things that could happen. And you worry about them all at the same time. But it is impossible that they would actually all happen. So you've got five horrible scenarios to worry about when probably none of them are going to happen, but it's impossible for any of them to happen simultaneously. So we worry, our worry compounds itself unnecessarily. Also, I think we're often worried because we're afraid we're not going to be able to handle it when it happens. I remember playing baseball, I was right field because no one ever hit it over there. Uh, when I first started playing, I wasn't that good. And when I, but when I stopped playing, I still wasn't that good. But they put me in right field, and I was out there. And I remember I, was, I had my ready stance. I didn't know what that was. And people were chattering. And I thought, yeah, two outs. And, I, and what I was thinking the whole time was, what, what if they hit it to me? And then the next thought was, oh, no. <laughs> because if they do hit it to me, I'm going to fail. Not like I might fail. I'm going to fail. I'm going to start running forward and then realize that they hit it over my head and then I'm going to have to run backward. And that's much harder to do than running forward. And I'm not going to get there. And sometimes they would hit it to me, and that's exactly what would happen. But I couldn't enjoy the game because I was terrified of what might happen. A lot of you are, a lot of you are just paralyzed by worry. You just can't enjoy life because you're worrying about all the different scenarios that might happen tomorrow, which none of them probably will, and they definitely won't all happen at the same time. Enjoy the day. Enjoy loving the people you get to love. Enjoy seeking first the kingdom of God. Enjoy worshiping the God who loves you back. And you just won't have time to worry. And if you find that worry creeping in, stop, stop glorifying it by calling it concern. And start naming it what it is. I am worshiping something that wants to do me harm. And give up that God. You know this, if the United States just falls apart, just crumbles you know, because of, I don't know, whatever. Just crumbles. Like, be, anarchy, Texas um, secedes from the Union, and um, people start wearing coonskin hats again, and it just gets bad. And the United States falls apart. 
God still won. Do you know that? Like even your worst political government nightmares could happen. God still wins. Give up worrying about stuff that doesn't love you back. Give up worshiping things that don't deserve your praise. And give up following things that when they die, stay dead. Because it's not worth your time. Today has enough trouble of its own. If you've been worrying and you didn't know it was because you were worshiping a different God and you just realized today, oh dear, I'm worshiping money or I'm worshiping safety or I'm worshiping health and I, just, I need to get over my obsession with those gods. And you just need the church to pray with you. You need us to talk with you. Or maybe, maybe you've always been a worrier, but you've never worshipped the God who actually loves you back. And today's the day you want to unite with Him through Jesus, through baptism. Maybe your faith in Him has grown and you are ready to commit your life to Jesus. Today's the day for that too. You'll never forget the first Sunday of 2015, that was the day I turned my life around. First tw- Sunday of 2015, that was the day I gave my life to Jesus. You won't forget it. But whatever you do, stop, stop this endless worry. We, we need, the people of God need to be the people who are least concerned with the catastrophe that might befall us. We can beat death. We're death proof. Quit worrying. It's not becoming of Christians to worry. It doesn't look like we believe what we say we believe. Let's start really believing that. Start living up to the calling of our faith. Start giving the world an example someone who only worships the God that loves them back. If you need anything this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing.